0: Well, here we are again Hi guys Hi Ah, We got a lovely little piece of music in the background Uh, We are Cinema Fantastico Podcast Uh, And the first time we did Star Wars And now we're doing Star Wars Once again uh, We saw it You know what it is If you don't know what it is Then, you know It also rhymes with S-H-something uh, so yeah, we're going to be talking about The Force Awakens. Um, and we are listening to The Force Awakens soundtrack right now, just a random track called I Can Fly Anything, uh, the John Williams score, of course,
1: uh, the brilliant, brilliant John Williams. How old is he now? Anyone know? 80s? Uh, he's immortal. He's got to be. Okay. I refuse to believe he's anything but okay. immortal. So
0: he's in his, uh, fifth resurrection, I guess? Yeah.
2: Stugged. Yep probably say what
0: mid 80s 80s something like that um so needless to say this is going to be spoilerific so you haven't we i think we kind of waited as long as we probably possibly could uh where we could kind of digest the film and now we are going to talk about the film
1: it's been like the 10 days right or is that tomorrow you know, I think that like is the 10 day rule? isn't that the internet kind of agreed upon? Look, we won't talk about spoilers openly Spoiler, for yeah. ten days. And I think actually, either today is the tenth day or tomorrow's the tenth day. And I've been telling people who've been telling me I haven't seen it. I've been saying, look, I've seen it five times. I promise you, you can fit in two hours. So I'm not, I'm not going to like dance around spoilers for too long. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> sure. I have,
0: uh, you know, my buddies uh, at work. You know, everybody knows how much of a freak I was about this. And, and right. a couple of my managers, I said, well, have you seen it yet? Have you seen it yet? Because um, I, I, I bl- literally took off like that whole week, um, beginning from, I think, Wednesday all the way until that following Tuesday. So mm-hmm. I figured who's going to see it and who's going to be excited to see it have seen it. Right. And my managers have, you know, and they're, they're big nerds too, that... Um, Especially more so like big like Marvel nerds and superheroes, but they also like Star Wars too. They're about the same age as I am, and uh, they didn't they haven't seen it yet. And I said, "Well, what's your problem?" Yeah. I mean, I know it's Christmas time, and you're like the only really two of the three managers that rotate throughout the week,
1: uh, but you can't find right. a couple hours. No. Everybody can find the time. It becomes a yeah. priority at that point. Because, you know, yeah. I can understand the first few days, but, you know, look, if or, you want to spend two hours to do it, I've gone to the theater so many times, it's been half full. I mean, it's not like it's sold out constantly, mm-hmm. you know?
2: And a few people I've talked to think it is sold out. Right, right. Because, remember, when it did come out, it was sold out for at least sure. the next, you know, two, three, four days. Right. So people thought, and then all of a sudden on Facebook, people are saying, oh... Our theater sold out for the next month.
1: Right, you right. Know,
2: so a lot of people are...
1: Yeah, and they might be doing themselves a disservice that way. Things like IMAX are definitely more rough, that's for sure. Um, but even when, I mean, gosh, I mean, I went to a theater on the Friday, the 18th, at 6 p.m., and we totally caught one. I mean, it's playing every 45 minutes, you oh, yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. So you have these multiplexes. I mean, you're going to be able to find one. Yeah, because so, you're yeah.
2: going to show it either in 3D or non-3D. And... Yeah,
1: which the 3D is pretty rare. I mean, they usually yeah. have, like, one theater that's playing it in 3D, maybe two, mm-hmm. and then, you know, six or seven theaters that are playing it in non-3D.
0: So then I have to ask, as long as you mentioned it, you've seen it in 3D and you've seen it in 2D. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you, did you see it in both as well? Yes. So tell me which is the preferred
1: viewing experience? Well, the preferred viewing experience is I like IMAX 3D. 3D in my opinion, IMAX 3D, okay. you know. Um, I, I had somebody actually ask me because they knew how much of a Star Wars freak I am and how much of like a, you know, a cinema file and, you know, kind of a quality freak I am. And she was going for her first time, I believe, yesterday afternoon. And she, you know, on Facebook said, Joshua T. Ruth, you know, uh, which, what should I go see this in? Should I go see it in a 3D or non-3D? And I asked her, I was like, you know, how do you like 3D? Mm-hmm. She said, well, I want to go see Thor. And I didn't Really like the 3D. It kind of hurt my eyes, and I was like, "Yeah." Then probably, look. Can you see it in IMAX 3D? She said, "No, we don't have IMAX 3 I said, "Then go see it in regular 2D," and that would be my recommendation. I mean, That's for pretty yeah. much what I've been telling people, because yeah.
2: just like my girlfriend Pam, she can't handle right 3D. Most of the time, she can, but if it's a lot of action, yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. Sure. really starts to hurt her eyes. You yeah,
0: know, and, and, and give her we'll a headache. Kind of close her eyes or whatever. There's too much going on on the screen, but. Beyond that, I mean, I know that some people have that sort of issue with trying to uh, uh, process the 3D, um, and it hurts their eyes or that gets a motion sickness. But I'm just I'm asking you guys personally. 3D. I would say IMAX 3D.
1: I would say 3D, then non 3D, then the regular theater 3D. Okay. Um, that would be my ranking because, like, I just think here's my my rationale behind it. Mm-hmm. I've seen every other Star Wars movie non 3D. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did catch the limited Phantom Menace um, engagement that that they did, right? But for the most part, when I think Star Wars, when I think that nostalgic experience, it's not in 3D, -hmm. right? So that's the one that I kind of really enjoy. But IMAX is different because they they have those scenes that are in the full IMAX ratio. Mm -hmm. you know. So for that, I say, you know, it's worth it. Even if you're not a big fan of 3D, even if you'd prefer to see it in non-3D, you want to see it in IMAX because you want that full experience.
2: I I would recommend anybody that, really doesn't want to see it in 3D to at least, yeah, go see it in 3D. Because yeah. there was one scene in that movie that just really mm-hmm. just overwhelmed me. And I was like, right. and that's, wow. That's, and that's when the Star Destroyer right. Yeah, yeah. came right at yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, now this is great. This and
0: that's is. where I was kind of leading into because that was really the money shot right there. That yeah. was. Where I have only seen it twice, but where everybody gasped. Or, you know, started I started going like... I started putting my finger up, like, trying to touch the tip of it because it was so perfectly framed. Yeah. It just looked like someone put a toy, like, right in yeah. front of your face. Um, I saw it at IMAX 3D with, with you, Joshua, and, and and some of your cohorts. And uh, then the next day I went to uh, AMC Centerpoint 11 for our, mm. our rocker recliners. Yeah. Um, smaller screens. It's still in 3D. I will say... I preferred the IMAX 3D because the picture itself was brighter. Right. Uh, The smaller screen, I don't know if it's just the type of digital projectors they have or if it's the size of the screen that makes a difference or what kind of lumens they have for their uh, uh, projector or what it is or the type of screen maybe they use, you know, how reflective it is um, or how it reflects life or absorbs certain types of colors. It just looked really dull. At the smaller, yeah, screen. well,
1: that's a common issue, and and it's a big complaint. Um, you know, it's something that like uh, Jim. Cameron got on actual theaters about when his stuff was being projected in non-IMAX 3D, just regular 3D, Mm -hmm. it's really just a laziness issue because, um, you know, because the the 3D glasses are essentially sunglasses in a way, right? They dim the image. What you're supposed to do with 3D is you're actually supposed to turn the brightness up, and they rarely do that. So they've got these theaters where sometimes they're showing 3D features and sometimes they're not, and they just... They just don't have the attention to quality to go in there and turn the brightness up when they're showing 3D sure. movies. And
0: I can tell you, those lamps are expensive to yeah. replace. Yeah. Because even the projector that I have back in the day when it was first released was around maybe like $2,500. Right. And it's for home use. It's sure. like home professional. Um. I got it for a really, really good deal. But the lamp was starting to die and you saw it. Everything yeah. just started getting dimmer and dimmer. Yeah the more I, I started using it, and the more I had to crank the brightness out of it, which put more stress on the lamp, and then all of a sudden, it was just, it was done. Yeah. Um. And so when I went to the Epson site, because at that point, all you could do was get it direct to house. It was $400. So it's like sure. buying, it's like almost buying like a brand new television wow. set. They've come down in price. Now they have yeah. other, uh, it's not necessarily Epson brand, but they have... Um, other uh, resellers that uh, make their own with the same type of housing that you can use, and they're they're a couple hundred dollars cheaper. But still, if anybody ever asks me, it's like I want to get a backyard theater going. See how much the replacement lamps cost, yeah. because th- the the bulb in there is not going to last forever, and you can't just go down to Home Depot and pick one of those up. Yep. Um, yeah,
2: I'd hate to see what a projector. Bulb <laughs> cost at the movie theater. Oh, I'm but yeah, that's what it. I'm saying. You know, yeah. I
0: mean, so the more that they crank up the brightness, that's what kills those projectors. Yeah, it's true. And they have different settings on there. If you you can go into the menu and say, oh, you know, control the brightness level so it extends the bulb life. Yeah. Yeah, and I know the
2: bulb life can range like what a hundred thousand hours, yeah. but that's it. Normal, regular. Mm-hmm. I think what fifty percent brightness.
0: Well for my projector it's 1400 hours is what they say. Realistically uh, about maybe about 5 to 900 depending on how I have the settings. Right. Just because of the environment of course, you know, it's outside. It's putting a little more stress just on the components yeah. itself. Well, you yeah. think
1: hopefully that's why we pay the extra $3 for 3D is so that they can do things like replace their bulbs. So, right. you know, it is simply a matter of I, I think just not really paying attention to it you know I mean yeah. you don't you don't have a lot of these giant movie uh, cinema houses it's it's not like the old days where they you know kind of respect film more mm-hmm. you know it's just like oh well whatever let's pack people in here and so yeah that's kind of my whole thing about it is it's like what my viewpoint on it at least for my recommendations to people and, and, and this even goes for myself I don't want anything to distract from that experience of watching The Force Awakens right mm-hmm. you know so the least distractions that you can put in there the better so that's that's why yeah, I'd say honestly, the magic was just as much there in 2D. You know, oh, sure, yeah. it really was. You know, the magic is is on that screen. It has really nothing to do with the 3D. The 3D is just an extra bell and a whistle.
0: So, now that we have the the technical specs out of the way, I want to hear Mark from you. Well, I didn't even introduce ourselves, but whatever. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you don't know who we are by now, if you, I, I know a lot of people have listened to the first episode. Yeah. So, hello again. Hello, uh, Mark. <laughs> I want to hear how the uh, well uh, give me uh, the uh kind of the overview the the day the the day in the life of Mark on the uh, on the uh the, the ramp up to just a few hours before seeing it wow, watching it how you were emotionally I mean I want to get into the Well oh, that's going
2: to be a <laughs> tough one cuz it came yes. out on my birthday so <laughs> that whole day in itself was
0: yeah, no, I want to hear really
2: it. Early on the edge of my yeah, seat. Yeah. Um, it's a shared experience. I was like Josh, posting on Facebook, you know, 39 hours and <laughs> whatever minutes left. And, yep. mm-hmm. you know, just the countdown and seeing your post, Adam, of, you know, you can't sleep. You were just oh yeah, wanting to see it. And I think anybody that grew up with Star Wars, knowing the whole saga and just being a huge Star Wars geek or, you know, whatever you want to say. Um we've been looking forward to this movie. Um there's also been a lot of hype to the movie. Um Yeah, I couldn't sleep the night before. Mm-hmm. I was so excited. Um I kept checking to make sure my tickets were still Oh yeah, no. <laughs> I, I was a, I was a freak
0: about making sure I knew where my yeah. tickets were. Um
2: <laughs> I I got so bad to the point where I had to take a thumbtack and tack it right on the wall. Just so I knew where it was, and then I started taping it to the wall because I didn't want that thing to move. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was like having ants in my pants, and so going throughout the day. Um. Yeah, I was giddy as a little schoolboy. I was just so excited, just couldn't wait. Just. oh, uh, no, I gotta see it now. I gotta see it now. Um. Then. We saw a later. We saw the movie at ten forty-five at night, on the Friday. On the Friday, um, so it was really
0: at Esplanade, right? Yeah. Uh, did you do Esplanade it? With, fourteen. Did you do
2: it with the the full recliner? The cinema suites. Um, no, we tried to, but when the tickets went on sale, so you were in the Rockers. Yeah, we, we were in the fork and Screen. Okay. Um, it would have been nice to do the cinema suites, like you were saying, the whole experience of seeing the movie. Yeah. Um, If anybody doesn't know, the AMC has two types of theaters. Uh, Cinema Suites is 21 or over, Mm -hmm. so no kids allowed, which is great. Um, I never understood about bringing a five-year-old to a movie because they can't comprehend the movie anyway.
1: Well, we should actually get back to that in a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's going to come up. But
2: I like the fact of the Cinema Suites, they're like Lazy Boys. Yeah. And I've seen people bring their own little pillows and blankets. Sounds like no, nap no,
1: time. That's, yeah, that's yeah. what we do. I mean, uh, they lay almost flat. Yeah, I have a hard time staying awake in some movies Well, the great thing is, I'd, I'd sleep
2: is it's very limited seating. There's no one right behind you because you they're be able raised to up. Oh, nice. So they're kind of above you. So, you know, you're talking a regular forking screen or a regular movie theater of, what, three, four hundred people. Yeah. Cinema Suites is like a quarter of that right so it does make it great and yeah you do pay the extra three four dollars for it um fork and screen wasn't too bad um it's great having the food and everything brought to you yeah yeah. nice Being able to eat um but um it was funny um we went out to our favorite restaurant had a birthday dinner just let me guess angry crab yep the angry (laughs)
0: crab and barbecue um so you didn't really take advantage of the fork and spoon at AMC then? No, 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 we didn't. Um, and they don't pressure you if you just say, "Oh, you know, I don't want anything." Or true, um, but, but they, I knew they I was going to get
2: a free birthday dinner just because we know the owners at the Angry Crab. So well, right? But no, I'm <laughs> I'm saying
0: at, at AMC if you if you book your seat for the the fork and spoon experience, they don't give you a hard time about not getting any food.
2: Oh no, they they don't give you a hard time at all. Right? Yeah, which is great. Um, sometimes you have to worry about whether or not they're going to, how fast they're going to come and take your order and, you know, yeah. when they get that busy, it takes a little bit longer. Oh, sure. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, we're at dinner and, you know, talking to Pam about, you know, Hey, just, you know, two more hours, mm-hmm. <laughs> just getting ready. Uh, maybe we should go home and take a nap just before the movie, you know, cause it was late. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's it was an exhausting day. Um, then all of a sudden, I started to think about what am I going to wear to the movie? <laughs> you know, I don't know if anybody else does. Like, what kind of T-shirt am uh-huh. I going to wear? You know, am I going to which Star Wars hat am I going to wear? You know. Um, but then, um, for my birthday, I also got a Kylo Ren voice changing helmet. Right. Yeah. And I figured, oh great, you know, I'll get the. Kylo Ren lightsaber, I'll wear the helmet, you know, get all dressed up, but then, like Pam said, hey, call the theater because a lot of the theaters are not allowing the lightsabers because of the lights, or, yeah, they don't want masks, Um, which is kind of disappointing because when we were kids, when the original
1: Star Wars came out, people were dressing up.
2: Well, Especially yeah. by We're in different
1: times these days. People We're dressed up at our times. theater. I mean but yeah. I mean and and they didn't have any problem with uh, lightsabers. Right. But I mean I, nobody had a mask on, you know. But right. I can understand, you know, in the days that we live in. Yeah. Um,
2: but um yeah. I don't know if anybody saw the Big Bang
1: Theory episode. I did not. They kind of did a Star Wars parody. Yeah. Um I don't watch that show, but I had some you know, people that know I'm a big Star Wars fan. It's like, Oh, did you watch Big Bang Theory? like, no, not really. <laughs> oh, basically, um, they invited
2: uh, Will from Star Trek, mm-hmm. um, The Next Generation. Um, they're oh. at the movie theater getting ready to see the movie, uh, you know, opening night. And Will made the comment to them, you know, what if this sucked as bad as the last three episodes, you know, with Joker Char- mm-hmm. Banks and everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, oh, and then he made a comment of, you know, whether the movie's good or bad, your life isn't going to change. yeah it's still going to be the same Mm -hmm. so that brought in a whole perspective of you know this is life-changing to a lot of people yeah i was
1: gonna say if the movie was terrible i think that my life would definitely be very different right now yeah and then then,
2: my life you know you were talking about you know spoilers early you know has this been enough time to talk about the spoilers you know yeah and stuff um I don't know if you read some of the news or watched the news or read in the papers, but I mean, there were people out there who actually got beaten up for yeah. talking sure. about the movie. And
0: there's there's a little bit of uh, false information peppered in with some truth. Yeah, I don't know how much of those news reports I actually trust. There but was yeah, there obviously yeah. once. I don't want to get off topic though, okay. so because I want to get everybody's point in, because we can get to that. Right. So you get to the theater. What happens when all of a sudden you, it says Lucasfilms?
2: Oh, I my hair stood up. I got goosebumps.
0: Were it you just, smiling like oh, ear I was, to ear? I was
2: giggling. I was like a little kid just kind of doing, just yay. <laughs> and Pam's looking at me just smiling and laughing because right. she knew how big of a Star Wars Freak I was, and how much I love the movie, and mm-hmm. yeah, just seeing that just brought back a lot of memories, and just right. yeah, like I said, my hair stood up, I got goosebumps. I Were was... you able
0: to even? <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Comprehend the 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 crawl like reading it? Could you? I couldn't even read it. It was just kind no. of there. I was just like, oh, my God, this is happening. <sighs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I And I caught myself, like, just kind of, my my thoughts were going elsewhere. I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be awesome. This is already awesome. I'm here with awesome people. Yeah, and that's kind of like, what really, I was really, thinking. It's like, but, and this then, is
2: awesome. I'm actually here. It's I, no more waiting. I'm actually going to see it.
0: And, and then and, I realized the words are, like, starting to go off the page. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I haven't even read this. Yet. <laughs> yeah, I've and I'm like, yeah. like can lost. you rewind
2: it? Can you rewind yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when it actually... Started, it was like, mm. oh yeah. I mean, I had a almost. It was almost like I had a gas for air, right? Sure. Like mm-hmm. I just lost my breath.
0: So by the very end of it, how were you emotionally?
2: Oh, I was ecstatic. I I loved the movie. I thought, yeah, this.
3: Were you? They numb? definitely needed
2: a re, a redemption to, oh, to yeah, what they the, did with yeah. the last right. and. I thought this was very well done. Um, was it disappointed about any part of it?
0: Well, uh, we'll get into that. I just kind of want to know kind of on the surface level, emotionally, physically, because you already had this very, very long day. Josh and I also had a very, like very long day forever. as well. But when it was completed and we kind of mentioned it, was it a life change? You know, the first, is it a life changing experience or not? If it's good or if it's bad, um, Were you just spent at the very end? Like, okay, that's it's fine, it's done now.
2: Actually, I wasn't. Or were you on a high? I was on a. You were. were I I was was amped. I was just. I wanted to tell the whole world. I just. Oh sure. You
3: know. And
0: how frustrating is that when everyone's like, "No spoilers! No spoilers! Please don't you know (laughs) spoil anything." Because I truly believe. Well, in in my little world, a spoiler for me can include whether or not somebody liked it. So, I mean, I didn't even like seeing, you know, tomato meters or critics, yeah. you know, saying, oh, True. this is spoiler free. I'm going to tell you what I thought about the film. Like, I don't even want to know if you liked it or not.
1: Or I, if, I know, actually had. Uh, that's, re- that's, I think that's reasonable. Because as long then you as you're go willing in. to take the burden upon yourself to just stay off the Internet. Right. You know, because, like, there are certain people, you know, uh the slash film, for example, they got some some very uh, angry comments because they simply put out something saying that they really liked it, right? You know, and people were just angrily commenting like, "How dare you!" And it's like that. I think is unreasonable. I yeah. think that you can have that feeling of not wanting to know that, but you right. have to then just stay up. Oh yeah. Internet, yeah, yeah. You know? No, and
0: you can't complain yeah. if that yeah, yeah. if you hear that right. sort of thing exactly. Um, and I, I just didn't. I you know I. I... <laughs> too many things i was just right like now. that i was stuttering
2: when i was done with the movie but like, it
0: was I, it I, was the the la premiere mm-hmm. that monday before yeah which i was really worried and i was almost saying to myself should i just completely cut myself off from society right. just everything every social media all my friends and then i started having these really intense dreams about standing in line yeah you never know what's going to happen. You hear those horror stories of someone just running in, yeah, while you're in line and yelling out spoilers, like the big, you know, things. And sure. that, that are was one happen. of the things
2: I heard on the news that someone did that out in Mesa, and people in line got
1: out of line and beat them up. For right. Him. I did see a yeah, like a, a fake news uh, article about that, but it was a jokey one. But right. uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, definitely, it's a worry. So Luckily, now- that's why we go see the first showing. Right. You know, that's why I had,
0: that's why I was so excited to see it. Realistically,
1: there were no spoilers on the internet for the most part. Anybody that got into those screenings to see it early were people that were members of the press that Mm -hmm. could be trusted to not go out there and spread those spoilers. Right. So, you know, I pretty much knew that none of the fake spoilers that were out there were real spoilers at all. And, but that's why I think it's important to see that first screening, you know, so you don't have to have those nerves, you know, to know, it's something that, Yeah, I've gone to see this movie multiple times with people that have never seen the movie um you know i'm seeing it with them for their first time and i have to tell them because immediately you get out of theater and they start blah 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 and i said guys be respectful Mm -hmm. you know let's keep a you know a 500 feet like rule from the theater before even discussing this movie because there are people walking in to see it for the first time (laughs) they
0: they should they should give everybody little shock collars when you go into the theater and then once you're like far enough away from the theater if you mention it you know you'll get a little shock if you mention it yeah. yeah within sure. so many feet yeah now, um, did
2: anybody have an experience when they saw the movie seeing other people texting or
3: well we'll get to that because we're going to talk people. about yeah. like
0: the, the the audience crowd i want sure. to get to joshua's experience mm-hmm. on that particular day which we kind of have a, a shared experience sure. so i'll kind of be interjecting at the same time
1: yeah, yeah well i mean interestingly enough um because i didn't because i had to know what at least the, the the tomato meter score was. Mm-hmm. You know? I had to know going in whether this was gonna be a disappointment because I would have to like steal myself emotionally for if it was gonna be only okay, I had to know that ahead of time. Um and so I did at least get impressions. I read um, you know, like the slash film thing that they put out where they you know had people talk about just uh, just general non-spoilery impressions of what the film was. Mm-hmm. So in, a, in an interesting way, um, I slept like a baby, you know, like the night before, um, because I had seen that stuff come out on Wednesday morning. And I was like, okay, now I feel like I can relax knowing that at least it's not gonna be terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and and ultimately, like I was still very, very excited but I also know that I do get very anxious and, like you guys, can't sleep the night before. So, at about 10 o'clock at night, I just kind of got a little tired and I immediately went to bed, put the blankets <laughs> over my head, turned hmm. the lights off, and I was like, okay. And just committed to that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to bed now because this is the opening. Because if I don't take this now, who knows when it's ever going to happen. Well, <laughs> let me ask you if. Because
2: uh-huh. I know we're just reading other people's opinions when they mm-hmm. say, oh, the movie was great, you know, or the meters or whatnot if it was a disappointment Mm -hmm. would that have made a huge
1: yeah i would have lowered my expectations going in like i mean i would have you know at least known to prepare myself that not to go in there expecting this thing to be absolutely incredible and then that way i would have been less you know just again like let down um when it happened but luckily you know obviously that wasn't the case um but yeah the day itself and we went to uh To do the, in my opinion, the best way to watch this movie in the entire state, which is at the only actual full screen IMAX Mm -hmm. that actually shows movies, uh, which is at Arizona Mills. Um, And so that was the one that, you know, I I planned for a year. This is the one we've got to get tickets for is the Mm -hmm. first showing at the Arizona Mills IMAX. Um, And so we did that. And uh, we you know we had people that were there you were there before i was yes. um but i mean you guys got there at i mean gosh what probably what 8 30 or so yeah i was like quarter to nine yeah yeah quarter to nine and you were already 100th in line <laughs> you know right i mean probably maybe 50 or 60th yeah i'd probably i would guess maybe like 30, 40 people yeah, in think. front of us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard to see, like I think around it that it became corner. more by the end because they were holding seats for people like yeah. we were, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. Because I right.
0: was kind of surprised when we actually got into the yeah. theater and saw the seats. I'm like, where
1: did all those other people yeah. come from? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but I forgot that there's a hallway that goes all the way down to Exactly. Yeah. But, but I mean, and then that's cool. That's, that's fair game, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, no, we they were more dedicated. Excellent. And yes. yeah, we got awesome seats, you know? So um, that's the important thing. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun day. I mean, it was, I definitely am no stranger to all day in line experiences I've done this many times in my life we used to do this at Seneca Pre all the time um we did in fact for all three of the special edition movies when they came out um and of course Phantom Menace and then we kind of stopped with Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith because eh, who really cares um but you know it was uh it's fun it does take a lot out of you you know um you know it's 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 hard on your back sitting in line all day and standing and everything and it gets kind of claustrophobic and yeah but it was fun I mean, I mean, ultimately, regardless of how hard it is, you know, Comic Con is hard on you too, but you do it because you love it, right? right. And yeah. so, um, you know, we order pizza. You know, we play board games. Yeah, I kept reading your
2: guys' posts, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I love seeing the pictures. And
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally.
0: Really, the only other time that I did that, or the last time that I did that, was for the Phantom Menace, and I wasn't planning on going opening day. Uh, but my friend Dave Ott and his wife said, you know, we're going, do you want to go with, we have an extra ticket, but it wasn't an all day thing. Right. I think maybe three hours tops that we were in line. Right. Um, uh, but really not, not anything like this that yeah. I remember in my lifetime, not unless I was a little kid, but still again, it was maybe only a couple hours, Yeah. but time is relative and it probably felt like it was a 10 hour And it's fun. Wait. Yeah, I mean, it was fun yeah. and it went by really fast. Yeah, it,
1: that was the thing that really surprised me the most is how quickly it went by. Now granted, I wasn't there quite as long as you guys but it was still like, wow, it's... It... Now part of what helped that also is that they let us into the theater an hour and a half early which was amazing. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that definitely helped. That last hour and a half, hour and a half just flew by because we were in the dark, cool theater, we had proper seats, you know, that that was right. great. Um, but it was really interesting because coming up to the movie, like I said, I was really calm. I was like, okay, I know the movie is right now sitting at a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, which has dropped to 96 right? But, you know, so it's like, okay, I know that this movie is going to be awesome. I can just rest easy knowing that. And I really had this kind of almost zen kind of feeling of – I'm, I'm enjoying the last few moments of not knowing anything about it, Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, because we're not we're not going to ever have that again. I mean, right. sure, we don't know what the stories are going to be, but we know what Ray is about now. You know, we know what Finn's mm-hmm. about, you know, kind of we know where, you know, th- the basic things. Yeah, You can't unring
0: know. a bell. Yeah.
1: Right. And we now. didn't know anything about these characters. Right. And so I really just tried to kind of uh, accept that and be like and really appreciate that, mm-hmm. you know, about that. Oh, gosh. Well, what is you know, what's the deal with Ray? you know mm-hmm. like all of that stuff it just felt really good but coming up to about about 45 minutes to half an hour before the actual screening, I started to just get really, really nervous, you know? Not like I think it's going to be bad, but just that that anticipation, almost like you're you're about to get on a roller coaster, you know? Oh, yeah, right. You mm-hmm. know, and I, I really was. And, like, my heart was beating really fast. and It was, it was almost like a good panic attack in a way, you know? Yeah. But it was like, oh, my gosh, you know, this is so crazy. And then it's funny when you mentioned earlier about the opening crawl because, yeah, I was not registering anything. Yeah, no, I was
0: I, it, it was like I was... I was it was an out of body experience yeah, almost. Yeah
1: yeah yeah. Um and it's funny cuz like I don't know for it, and it's almost in this weird way like going to see it over and over again it's like because every time I go see it I'm not fully comprehending it oh, sure. there's still such a large part of me that's just squealing in childish glee at the fact that I'm watching a Star Wars movie that mm-hmm. I'm not fully actually processing everything that's happening yeah. um, and so you know that that is I think a very interesting part about it and that's uh, you know again um, like I, I think the first image I can really remember from it is BB-8 on Jakku mm-hmm. you know like but like it, it, that whole opening crawl all I remember is Luke Skywalker is missing. That's all I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? It was the first
0: line, and then everything else is just yeah, a blur. Yeah, yeah but for everything, quite a while.
1: everything, like even the ships and the things coming down. Like to me, it was just like it's all just a blur until I saw BB-8 on the planet. You know, and then I was like, once okay. you,
0: well, yeah. Once you had the anchor of like, okay, I've seen that in a in the trailer last yeah. year. Okay, I'm, I'm actually watching yeah, yeah, the movie yeah, now. Yeah, 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 Now I'm kind of like you know brought back in. I'm grounded.
1: Right, but the first moment I think that really just kind of like. That I was like, oh boy, this is really, really Star Wars is the moment where Kylo Ren's ship comes in. And it's got that mm-hmm. great John Williams, you know, Kylo Ren uh, theme. It's like, boom, 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 you know, and it's yeah. got the, you know, the ship coming down with its wings spread out. Right. And they've got that one amazing shot where it's got, it's like the, a flat shot of the whole town. And you just see the ship towering above the town with its wings sticking up into the yeah. air, you know. And that's that was probably the first moment where I just really started to get goosebumps and i was like holy (laughs) crap like this is really 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 happening right now yeah it
0: kind of reminded me of the uh the the shuttle ship arriving on the second death star at the beginning of return of the jedi with darth vader It was very reminiscent of that. But, you know,
1: what I thought was interesting about it is because, like, that, as majestic as that was, that was landing on the Death Star. So it was, like, all this huge stuff. What I loved about the the visual language of that uh, scene in Force Awakens is because it was just, like, this small town that this ship is as big as, you know, that's just, like, enveloping this town. It's, like, you know, badness has come to town. (laughs) Deal with it, you know.
0: So by the end of the movie, Mm -hmm. how were you?
1: Um, I was I would say in uh, a kind of what's the best way to describe it kind of, like on the verge of tears
3: mm-hmm.
1: like kind of consistently for 24 hours you know like I kind of like just it was like this weird kind of relief like um, I don't know I can't imagine because obviously I've never been here but it's what I imagine it must feel like after just giving birth mm-hmm. just this kind of just exhausted <laughs> Weeping relief, kind of, and I mean, I just I came home and my my roommate who wasn't able to uh, see the movie with us, I you know he had, we went to go see it the day after, mm-hmm. but you know he was just like well, and I was like give me a hug, and that's it. <laughs> I just I was like I just wanna I just wanna hug it out, you know, because because yeah. it's it's like because yes everything's okay, everything's okay. Star Wars is back, you know, you and you that's how I felt. Hard not to tell him anything, or um you, no not really. Or yeah, I'm good at post- not. Spoil anything yeah no not really like I felt I felt completely okay just with the knowledge that I knew and that so many other people and I'm so glad to see that this has been happening but that so many other people would be experiencing Star Wars and that this Star Wars mania that I've been going through for my entire life but especially strong over about the last year and a half mm-hmm. which has been building and building is now just starting for so many other people and that's that's the feeling that i love it's like i love going to the theater and seeing the theater just buzzing and alive I mean, we went on a. A, a, like a monday night which is normally the deadest of the dead right. and it was just buzzing it was full there was people there and every single person was there to see star wars and i loved that mm-hmm. i mean i love seeing little kids just run by and you know say you know kylo ren you know <laughs> and just like these little five-year-old kids that already know all the characters names and everything so you know it's great it's like it's like you know it's it's wonderful a feeling for me to see all these people enjoying something that I love so much oh, yeah. and it brings me so much joy mm-hmm. so that's it i just felt this kind of like just this stunned um thankfulness is kind of how i felt but also like this inability to really cope in a way or in a weird way because sure. like it was almost like that kind of um thing that people described which actually i think is one of the reasons why it made so much money in theaters Um, but this kind of the post-Avatar depression that people you know talked about I mean if you heard that whole thing of like people go see Avatar and then be like get out of the theaters and be like disappointed because the world wasn't like as vibrant and full of color as the movie that they just watched and that's kind of how I felt is like I got out and I was like i just how am i supposed to do anything right now sure like how am i supposed to go to bed tonight like how am i supposed to go to work tomorrow Mm -hmm. like how am i supposed to do anything but watch star wars the force awakens right now and that's genuinely how i felt and i mean i i I got home and i watched uh star wars episode four you know which uh was a bummer because it was the uh the special edition because it's the only edition i have Mm -hmm. you know and especially after just watching the you know the specialized edition was like it was kind of like oh darn it i wish i could just watch the specialized edition right now is how i felt um but yeah i mean it was i i mean i literally the next day like i should have called out i mean or i should have like scheduled vacation day for that day because i mean i i've you know a job where i'm always i'm dealing with a lot of and you know i'm having to send emails i'm having to do this and you don't even know like how badly I messed up that day, right. the day after. I mean, I was just like, I I, I I, did one booking, and I messed it up, and then I did it again, and I messed it up again, and I literally could not concentrate yeah. because my mind was so on Star Wars. Yeah,
2: yeah I found it hard to concentrate the yeah. next day, the day after that, and so forth. Yeah, yeah, you just yeah. Just thinking about the movie, and then all of a sudden, like we talked on our last podcast about... People speculating what was going to happen in the movie, or who was who, and so forth. Well, now that the movie's out, we know things. Right now, there's new questions. There's new speculations yeah. of what the next movie is. Yeah. And
0: then, yeah. So, for me, I this is how I anybody who's asked me uh, what I thought about the movie, I tell them at the very end of it, I was drenched in sweat and tears. <laughs> yeah. So take that for whatever it is, because I'm not going to tell you whether or not I liked it. (laughs) Unless you really want to know, I'll tell you. Because you can take that either way. Right. Um, I was a complete wreck after the movie. I was sitting... Next to my wife was on the right, and then Five Wings was on my left.
3: Hi, Five Wings. I hope <laughs> well, you're listening. Five wings.
0: <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I'm never going to remember his name. I don't remember it now, but it's always going to be his five name wings. is
3: Five Wings. What
0: are you talking about? Uh, he was awesome. He's that's a, right. He, he's he, a really he won't ever guy. listen to
1: this podcast because he's out to get wings, and hope it's that's, gonna take that's like right. About it's going to take a while.
0: Uh, if you ever run into any of us, please ask us the, the story behind that. There's always something. I, I guess that. Some some weird happenstance, something whatever, it always happens when Joshua <laughs> does his marathon lines. Yep, it's true. Um, but uh, yeah, he, I, you know, I was shaking, fighting off the tears. Some of them just flowed. But five wings, same thing. Like I knew when he was breaking up because right. like the whole chair was shaking next to me, Yeah. <laughs> and I knew that he could he couldn't handle it. Right. The other, th- were you there when he lost his contact?
1: I did. Lucky he got it. Before oh my the movie gosh, started, he yeah. was. Yeah, he,
0: yeah, I mean, he would have jumped straight down and probably killed himself. If it. No, I'm so interested. He wasn't able I'm to gonna have in.
2: to ask you guys after the
3: podcast what <laughs> oh, yeah. about five wings, or if we have time at the end, maybe we'll <laughs> right, just kind of right. we'll <laughs> throw that in
0: with the, with the five wings. Um, but, uh, one of the things, I mean, okay, so that's, that's the emotional side. That was pretty much our day. Was, mine was very similar to what you said. I don't have to go into the minutia of every, you know, uh, point of my day. I think I pretty much, you guys already knew the story and then just like threw it out there. Um, the film itself at the very beginning, I have to give them a lot of credit for not using uh, the Disney Kingdom opening.
1: I know, surprising, right? It went
0: right to Lucasfilm. I, I didn't really I realize it until afterwards. I
2: really was surprised that they didn't do that. Yeah. But I was thrilled that they didn't.
0: Because usually they cater it. Like, if you're watching Pirates of the Caribbean, sure. they'll have, you know, the uh, Black Pearl, like, coming around the corner like or something. Tron, you know, it was all futuristic-looking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was expecting them to do kind of the same thing. Now, did you really miss the 20th Century
1: Fox I didn't. I didn't care. Fanfare? I didn't care because so many movies that I love. Because the thing is, is 20th Century Fox isn't distinctly Star Wars to me. I mean, 20th Century mm-hmm. Fox is also Alien. It's Die Hard. Sure. You know, it's it's the X-Men movies. I mean, 20th Century Fox means a lot to me other than just Star Wars. So right. seeing that removed, didn't, it didn't make it not Star Wars right. for me. You
0: Because know? I think the, the, the fanfare itself, was that originally brought back for the original New Hope? When it was released,
1: um, what with or has it Century always Fox been there? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I can't. Where?
0: Well, uh, let me let me kind of mm-hmm. clarify it a, l- a little bit more. Where the uh, fanfare um, bled into the uh, title card?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure it did with the um, the specialized edition, and I trust those guys to be pretty bang on with it.
0: Right. But what I'm saying is they they didn't. I mean other films mm-hmm. they started using the fanfare after it was popular with Star Wars. Yeah. But before Star Wars they had the fanfare but it didn't it wasn't utilized in exactly the same way yeah. to yeah. tie it in with the movie. Right. right. It was just how you see like Columbia Pictures sure. they don't have it kind of um married sure. or associated with the next frames within the film. Right. I maybe read that wrong at some point. I know that what did he bring back? Popcorn? Wasn't popcorn kind of out of fashion? Really? Until Star Wars. Interesting. Uh, George Lucas kind
1: of brought back popcorn, the concession stand. I've never well. heard that. That's that's fantastic. Hmm. Um, all
0: those tiny little yeah. nuggets. In yeah, I can't brand. speak
1: as to whether, like, you know, like, how much that's the first one that it really bled in to other things. I mean, I definitely do know... Plenty of times afterwards that they did. I know right. Tim Burton was one of the people that really started doing it a lot. Like it was very, very rare. Tim Burton started to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did it with like um, *Edward Scissorhands*, for example. Um, you know, so and I know he did it with *Batman Returns*. And you know, I know that yeah. that I remember listening on some commentary that that was like hardly ever done. One of my favorites ones, uh, which you know, which and actually. With I believe Edward Scissorhands, that was 20th Century Fox as well. That had the snow over it. Um, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. yep. Um, Beautiful. And shot. then oh, b- probably one of my favorite ones was with the 20th Century Fox. Bleed over was in Alien Three, um, which was just such a weird one. But I mean, get, leave it to David Fincher. Mm-hmm. But like how yeah. it goes, da 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 But then at the end it goes, you know, bum 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 bum. And it just sticks on that last note, yeah. like in an uncomfortable way, right. you know? And I'm like, wow, that is so weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, but I, I mean, no, that that is true that, that that was kind of missing. But I don't know. It still felt like Star Wars to me. So I guess I can't say I'd have really noticed it that it, much. To
0: me, it it just, when it you just saw like the Lucasfilm's right. logo. logo show That's up. That's when everybody
2: in the theater just went berserk.
0: Just Both went times I saw it. People were like, oh, come on, stop it with the previews, stop it with the previews, let's go, let's go, yeah. let's go, let's go, let's go, we don't want to, you know, and especially when I saw it the next day, people, there was there were more and more and more previews, I mean it was at least like 20 minutes worth of previews, yeah. uh, where as it went on and longer and longer and another preview would show up, more people were just going, oh, right. oh, but then once that hits, then it's like, woohoo. Uh, IMAX, it was completely silent for pretty much the whole film. Right. Um, for AMC, cause we'll get, now we'll get kind of into how the crowd was. Mm-hmm. AMC, one of the, or I mean, uh, the, uh, IMAX, beautiful, beautiful crowd. Cause you had the diehards there and everyone was waiting in line too. Oh, sure. Um, everybody was ready for it and very respectful. The next night that I saw it, you know, it's, uh, downtown Tempe near ASU, um, we had two drunk guys to my left. Ugh. In front of us, we had a bunch of tattooed guys. They looked like they they were tattoo artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can really kind of pick them out. Not to, uh, I guess, you know, generalize or stereotype or um, whatever. I figure you are. You do have sleeves of tattoos. Yeah, yourself. they just they look like they were guys from a <laughs> tattoo shop. There was a good, like, seven or eight of them. There was one guy that was just catty-corner in front of me who... Took out his phone at one point, and then just the blaring light from his his iPhone, um, and you, I could see it. You know, somebody texted him, so he had to see. You know, what this important text was. This was Centerpoint. Yes, Centerpoint Eleven. Yeah, I and to go to that theater. Then he, you know, he put it away. I'm like, okay, he didn't you know, respond or nothing like that. I don't have to get too cranky because I will confront people oh, yeah. if they're like making yeah, any yeah, kind yeah. of whatevers. I already told the two drunk guys next to me to please be respectful and, and not talk during the movie because nobody else is talking because they don't want to hear it. Right. So right. they were pretty good. Uh, about three quarters of the way through, the guy that was catty corner from me took out his phone again, you know, bright as day, and hit the home button to respond to a text. <laughs> and he's hitting the text thing. I grab a whole fist of popcorn... throwing it another fist of popcorn (laughs) throwing it here are these huge i mean tattoo guys i mean they're they're they like to work out and a lot of them do you know and they're they're pretty intimidating but i was like you know what not uh yeah not tonight sorry you would have backup i'm sure yeah i would would go toe to toe on this one so by the time i think you know once he realized people were throwing
1: stuff at him right yeah, he just yeah.
0: put it right in his pocket, yeah, yeah, like yeah. stopped before he got People to that. People don't mess team. around
1: when it comes to Star Wars.
0: Um, other than that, I didn't run into like any little children that were out of control. Mm-hmm. Or um, There were kids in the audience, but I think everybody was was pretty well behaved yeah. in general did did you guys run into anything
3: yeah
1: so again I've seen it five times so I've got a lot of uh, you know kind of data to pull from here mm-hmm. um, and in and, and almost every single screening there's been a lot of kids um, and um, they I mean first and foremost have been completely wrapped with attention the entire thing you know like and that is says something for the film oh, that yeah. these little kids that would normally be running around in circles in the theaters are just silently watching this movie without and asking very well any behaved. questions. Yeah, I, right. So that's pretty huge. Um, there were in a couple of the theaters I've gone to people that brought babies, baby babies um, to the theaters, you know, like in strollers, babies. Um, but they've been pretty respectful about, you know, if they started to get fussy, taking them out. Mm-hmm. And I will say that the second time I saw it, I did get a little annoyed when I saw like two people with strollers and little babies. And I said to myself... why are they bringing a little baby to see Star Wars? But then... Every every time I see that, it's like, if you can't afford a babysitter... You know, okay. Sorry, stay home with the baby. So that was my thought originally too, okay? But then I kind of thought, how many of us you know, of a certain age, of the age that I am certainly now, is born in nineteen seventy seven. I remember mm-hmm. my mom telling me, you know, I took you to see Star Wars when you were one years old. You know, right. I remember, you know, how many other people in my life would say, Well, I don't remember seeing it, but my parents told me that my first movie ever was Star Wars. Right. Yeah. And that kind of was like a light bulb over my head. And I said, you know what? Star Wars is it's not just an American institution, right? It's a human institution. And The second that I might be a little annoyed at somebody bringing their baby, you know what? It's kind of worth it because these this is important for these kids. You know, they're going to grow up saying, you know, yeah, I was, I, I remember my parents told me I was a baby when I saw Force Awakens, <laughs> you know, and that kind of made me look at it in a different way and say, you know what, uh, you know, maybe they can't afford a babysitter, but that's okay. You know, like they, they should be able to see Star Wars.
3: Yeah. You
0: know? well, as long as, it, you know, like you said, if they're responsible right. enough to know that they're getting fussy. So see, a lot you yeah,
3: of them aren't them responsible yeah. enough. And, and believe just, you me.
0: Oh, that's yeah. when I have a conversation. I would have about that. That's yeah, when I got exactly.
2: a huge problem. And I'm like, like I was saying earlier in the beginning
1: of this podcast, they're not old enough to comprehend what's going on. Yeah. They're yeah, not... right. But maybe they are in some way, you know, like maybe, you know, again, like a, I was born six months after Star Wars came out. I know that my mom took me to the theater when I was a little baby, maybe in some way it was, you know, maybe it's, it is somehow getting through as a baby, you know, just having that experience of being there and surrounded by all that energy and being there amongst the Star Wars fans, you know, like I think it's, it's, it's probably a good thing again, as long as they're respectful. And in my experience, they were, it seems like the people that were there knew how important Star Wars was to all the people around them. Mm -hmm. And so if their baby started to get fussy, they immediately took it out. Now, another thing i'll say to the credit is at every single screening i've gone to at harkins which again you know anybody who knows me knows I'm, i love harkins I'm to the point i don't even ever go to amc ever because i think harkins is just so much higher on quality mm-hmm. um but in in terms of that and and that was also the second time you saw it You said you saw it, Um, was that in Harkins? That was the center point 11. Yeah, yeah, that's a shame that they didn't do the 3D well there. Um, But but, uh, they had people come out, and I don't know if they did this with yours too, but they had somebody come out up front and say, you know, hey, who's excited for Star Wars? Please, you know, everybody, make sure and keep your cell phones off. If you have little ones and they're getting restless, there's an area off to the side where you can keep them quiet and still watch the movie. And
0: that's that is more of a Harkins thing, where right. they're doing more of the early, incorporating more of the early theater movie theater experience. Yeah, where yeah. they used to do that. They didn't. I mean, remember the days where they did not have commercials before the movie? Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah. you know, so yeah. they would have someone that come out and say, "Well." I also remember when they would come out and do. I'm trying to remember the organization. It was a Roy Rogers thing uh, where they would come with donation buckets. Did they ever do that in in Arizona? Oh yeah, yeah where no, they would I ask for there donations for.
2: When I was a kid, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I can't remember who if it was United Way or something like that. Um, you know, I don't know what benefit that that would have for the theater. Uh, but yeah, no, when they when you would you would sit down, it would either be a black screen or they would just have like l- these little bubbles that would kind of go and like morph for something that you're looking at. But there were no commercials, but Right. The person would come out. The Cooper Theater was the big Cinemarama. C- cin- Cin-Cinemarama. Yeah. Cinerama. That's That cause... was in uh in Minnesota. Yeah. And it it that's what Cine Capri reminded me of. Yeah. Not the screen size, obviously, but when the manager would come out uh-huh. and just kind of speak to the crowd a little bit and, yeah. and just connect.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's one thing I really liked. I mean, I, I really liked the fact that, you know, and she even um, said, well, I saw it. I've seen it at the same theater, I think, two or three of the times. Um, but if so it was the same person It kept coming out. And she, right. But she mm-hmm. had a good spiel. You know, and she was like, you know, and also please be respectful of spoilers. This includes when you walk out because there are other people waiting to come in. Right. And I was like, these are all the things. And so... I do think that kind of thing makes a difference. And mm-hmm. and I think that her coming out and, and vocalizing those kind of things were definitely pretty important for everybody because it was like, look, if you have a cell phone, don't take it out. So people are going to be less likely to do what those guys did. People can still be jerks. But I think people are less likely to do that if somebody comes out and specifically says and before the sure. movie, hey, yeah. don't do this. Yeah. Because then if they're doing it, everybody around them knows, yo, she just talked about this. Yeah. Same with the babies. You know and 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 I really like the fact that they've got that walled off area to the side which it does have a sound blocking wall to it where you can still watch the movie and she didn't say if you've got babies that are getting fussy get out of the theater she said take them off to the side and you can still watch the movie but you can also you know quiet them down mm-hmm. and I thought that was really respectful as well of saying look you don't have to miss the entire movie just because you've got a fussy baby right. and so again in in you know, five times of watching it I've never had any kind of disrupting situations. And, and they've all been very similar. People always laugh the biggest at one very specific part. Right. Um, you know, it's, uh, and it's, it's the BB-8 thumbs up. You know, yeah, every single time, no, the biggest fun. laugh. Yeah. Everybody always applauds when the Millennium Falcon comes on screen. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, it's like it's always these same things. And that's something cool, too. It's like you see it with all these different people, and they all have these same experiences. You know, that's that's how it's a very effective film as well, right, is because, like, it does get these same beats out of the people. You know, it gets right. the same laugh lines, the same applause lines. Everybody has the same kind of emotional feeling when, you know, Han dies, you know. Everything, all that stuff—it's all kind what? of the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. I know, but it's like you literally heard myself stop myself for a second, right? Because like I'm so attuned to not spending spoilers. Yeah, no. See,
0: we're we're already into uh, an hour into this podcast, and we've been very respectful about mm-hmm. not mentioning any uh, big plot points, even minor plot points. It's just been mostly the uh, the emotion of of right. the viewing experience. So moving on. Uh, from there we should probably get into the meat and potatoes of the film itself yeah it sucks um, it's terrible <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know we we all collectively just uh, adored it you know seen it more times again and again uh i oh boy reactions to people saying and it's not too many people complaining about it, but what are, well, let me not put words in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Let me go around, and we'll start with you, Mark, because we okay. haven't heard much from you uh, in, well, I mean, for a little little while, right. we've we've kind of been on little afterburners here. What are some of the points that you were, maybe were disappointed with? Not necessarily that you hate it, because, I mean, disappointed is kind of a, you know, a hated, or not a hated word, a heavy word. Because it doesn't skew your favoritism for the the movie, but maybe some points in there that just maybe fell a little short or um, felt redundant. Yeah, fell
2: short. Um,
0: or just one didn't was seem like it fit.
2: actually. I was expecting to see more of Captain Phasma.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I
2: was actually, you could say, disappointed. Um, not tremendously, but I was that there really was not a lot because you've seen with the. Products oh, that no. they've been coming out with the toys, the merchandise. Um, they really they have been ever, yeah, been pushing Captain Phasma and Josh. I know you love, yeah, Captain Phasma, and you got a lot of merchandise on Captain <laughs> Phasma, and it. I was really actually disappointed. I mean, also knowing who plays Captain Phasma, right? Right. Um, I come back loved around their, a little bit. I love. Kind of think previous, she's going to be bigger later on. Yeah. 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 Um, I think. Yeah, Captain Phasma probably in the next movie yeah, play a bigger yeah, yeah. part. Well,
0: yeah, because yeah, you, you look at it this way, and you've seen it more times than I have, Joshua, That, uh, and you have a, a special soft spot for her. Oh, I know that you two as well, yeah. Mark. She was a figurehead in this one. She was the captain, and she handled herself like a captain. Um, not much of... I mean she just gave the orders. Right. So almost like an officer. Oh well, she is an officer, but also did a great you know. Job. A soldier. Like when
2: Finn took off his helmet. hmm Right. She and al- she walked into the ship and said, you know, basically So
0: here's here's the arc with her is that she was so by the book and did everything by the book, uh and and, and is in that position of giving the orders. Then she gets derailed. By by Finn by taking her and shutting down the shields, right, and then thrown into the trash compactor, as minor as that seems and kind of a a, a funny juxtaposition, I think that's going to give her motivation later uh-huh. to say, "Who the hell does this person think he was?" I don't think it's going to be something as dramatic as you know um her you know somebody close to her being killed obviously but now she has focus on this fm you know right 2187 yeah
1: so i've got kind of a different idea on what might happen with that um but it it gets kind of into one of my complaints about the film and i there definitely do have some Mm -hmm. and i you know and i'd like to say that i i kind of think i called it a little bit in our last podcast where i said we're going to walk out of this movie and feel like this is super satisfying this is wonderful but as a little time goes by we're going to start to be a little less kind on it mm-hmm. you know and i definitely think that there are there are some issues you know oh, there the are film. some issues yeah. i mean
2: the captain phasma um not playing a whole big part in this movie was yeah for yeah. me
1: part of it right um
2: there was a couple other parts um especially like the very end of the movie yeah but i actually thought okay it left me to speculate what's happening or what's mm-hmm. going to happen in the next movie when ray approaches luke skywalker and Rey. holds out the lightsaber and yeah and luke didn't say a word yeah
1: but yeah. it was all about facial expression and He did some great acting in that no words though I'll <laughs> yeah. tell you. And I
0: <laughs> and I'm wondering because he didn't speak a word if he only got scale
1: from uh, Yeah,
2: right. <laughs> <the> actor's guild, <laughs> yep. you know. Uh, yeah. Um, um that was another one that just I
0: so you, the the ending just didn't feel was it did it feel shallow? What a little bit. Right.
2: It did. I I expected at least for Luke to say something right. or at least just a, at least a sentence. Okay. Or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it it did leave me.
0: I personally, I thought the ending they, but they I made, liked they, it. They they I did, but I thought they maybe stuck on the scene a little bit too long. Yeah, they, they could have, have just, shortened it. They down could have the shortened bit. a little bit. I don't like the big helicopter shots. I I don't yeah. like those in movies yeah. generally. It it doesn't most of the time it doesn't work, and I didn't think it worked in that situation. Especially for no. Your last shot, yeah, no, I right. can
1: definitely see that. Um, so here's like a major issue that I have with the film. And, and and again, maybe this will be explained later on. I hope it is. Mm-hmm. But when with Finn, okay. So, you know, so the interesting thing about this, Stormtroopers in this movie, you know, if you take the prequels, they were clones, right? Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, if you take the original trilogy, they were a volunteer army. Okay. Now in both of those situations, I mean, first of all, when they're clones, most of the time, they're quote unquote, good guys in the prequels. Okay. So, you know, it's not the same. Now with the original trilogy, they're pretty much bad guys, right? Okay, mm-hmm. they're a volunteer armory. We don't know necessarily what's going on in their lives, but they're, they're like the Nazis, okay? The, yeah, they're following orders, but you know what? I'm sorry. That's, that's an excuse only to some point. You know, at some point, if you're doing very bad things, you have to make some choice in the fact that you're doing that. In this one, however, they are people that are kidnapped as children and are brainwashed, okay Mm -hmm. so we know that that's said throughout the film okay we understand that finn has the ability to go against his brainwashing now is finn the only one he's the only stormtrooper in all of existence that has done this maybe but i doubt it Mm -hmm. it seems to me that they've raised the question with the fact that finn is able to go against his programming that maybe other people will as well okay Mm -hmm. so Even if it's only one out of every 100 stormtroopers that really questions what's going on, why then are we indiscriminately murdering them for the entire film? And that's a major issue that I do have with the film, Mm -hmm. is that we go out of our way to humanize stormtroopers, even humanizing them to the point when it's not Finn, but you have the one stormtrooper that reaches up the hand that streaks the blood on Finn's helmet. Mm -hmm. You're going out of your way to show these stormtroopers as human. Okay, so why then, and and even to the point of having little bits, comedy bits with the stormtroopers, Sure. why then are we just killing them and treating them like faceless enemies at that point through the whole rest of the movie? And that was something that I thought about after watching it probably the second time, and I can't stop thinking about this entire time, is that there is, to me, a major moral quagmire going on here of treating them in a humanist way but yet just treating them as the disposable enemy of star wars yeah and so in my hope is that maybe we will see as this goes down that there will be some kind of resistance from within the first order and that maybe finn is not the only one mm-hmm. and um i almost think and again maybe this is just justifying because i like captain phasma so much <laughs> sure <laughs> um but maybe the reason that Captain Phasma went down so easy, you know, she kind of went down without a fight, is because maybe she's going to turn good um, and I and maybe lead some kind of resistance from within the First Order. And I feel that this is a very real possibility, even to the point when, you know, like you mentioned, Mark, when, uh, when Finn had his helmet off, you know, I mean, she wasn't like, soldier, get your helmet on right now. She's like, who gave you permission to take your helmet off? There was almost something... Right a little nice about the way that she did things. I mean, was she completely good? No. She gave the order to kill all the villagers, you know. Mm -hmm. She did those things. But at the same time, those are villagers that a lot of them were shooting back at them as well. You know, as soon as they landed, they were shooting guns at them, so they could be seen as enemy combatants. So I can understand her thing being, she still has to do her job, Mm -hmm. but I I just feel like she just went down a little too easy, Sure. you know, in the way that maybe she is going to come back as as a good guy later on. A lot
0: of the Star Wars movies well for one thing after seeing this one I completely forgot about all the prequels they don't exist to me anymore right. I don't have to watch them and that's truly how I feel yeah. so every time that I mention anything about the previous Star Wars I'm not mentioning the first yeah. three yeah. so kind of the the concurrent uh, themes and storylines that they had in 4, 5, and 6 had to do with a lot of coincidence um and a lot of parallels. So, oh yes, one character would have something they're going through, but somebody from a completely opposite side of the camp would have something that is similar journey to another character, but in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as you were, uh, I was formulating as you were talking about Captain Phasma, how that can be very similar to what Ben Solo is going through, right? And one of the things that you start thinking about with Ben, uh what well, Kylo Ren, is that conversation that he had with his dad on that walkway the whole time and how he's conflicted between light and dark. Um and his relationship with um uh what's his name? The uh, Snoke. Mm-hmm. Um I thought it was interesting, the conversation that he was having with his dad, where he said, well, I'll do anything for you. You know, it's, well, Han's sacrificed. You have to wonder what Ben, what his motivations are. Just like you're saying, well, Captain Phasma might have some ulterior motives. Yeah. It might not be so, you know, black and white when you're looking at it, you know, straight ahead. Yeah. Um, I think he, he killed his father to get closer to Snoke.
1: Do you, are you, like, kind of buying this theory that, he's really kind of good and that he's doing this in order to, you know, kind of take out Snoke. Is that like, he's kind of embedding himself as a double agent almost.
0: It, it rings more true. The more that I think about that conversation that he had with his dad. Yeah. Cause he said that he wanted to help him in any way possible.
1: It, I still, I don't know the, I, I still have issues with it though, because I mean, he's, he's gone out of his way to be cruel. You know, and I think in ways that, that Snoke, you know, he could still get in with Snoke without being as cruel as he is, you know, without mm-hmm. having all of those, those villagers killed.
0: Well, you could also look at it on the other side, too, is that he never really felt that he, he's been trying to go so deep into the dark side right? that he had to do something so extremely drastic that he had to kill his own father yeah. in order to go completely off the deep end.
1: And I agree. I think that's exactly what he did. I just don't think he's doing it with any kind of a good motive. Mm-hmm. I think that he is. He knew that that was the thing because he knows his grandfather's history enough to know that the thing that truly made Anakin turn to the dark side is when he, you know, you know, killed all the padawans and when he, um, you know, just like turned away from his wife. You know, he turned away from Amidala. Right. You know, like I think that he knew that he had to do something probably snoke told him as much he's like you will never be complete just like the same way that if you look at um emperor palpatine right how how the emperor was like you know he's like strike me down and it would be complete right you know and so like he probably snoke filled his head with like yo the only way you're actually going to get into your full powers is if you kill your father right and he's told how do we know that
2: han's actually
1: dead i think han
0: is i think it's yeah Yeah.
1: Yeah, i I think think han's definitely dead i think that they that you know I, I just think beyond anything else the Harrison Ford is done. You oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah I, yeah, I
2: think he is too. And I liked in the movie how Ray and Chewbacca when they're finding the Millennium Falcon, Chewie came back to yeah. help Ray. Oh, yeah. out. Totally. And here they are. She Ugh. sitting in Hansel's No crying. No crying on I the just podcast. I'm just
1: gonna say, like, I can't believe we've gone this far in and haven't even gushed about Ray yet. But okay. And I mean.
2: Hansel, you know, She's sitting in Han Solo's seat, and here's Chewbacca, and it's like, here she is, you know. Oh, yeah. I and mean, people right. didn't give her a lot of credit. You know, before the movie came out, which was kind oh, of genius. sad. I know Adam. No, did, it's You love Ray, oh, yeah. the character,
1: and... you, you, you had it I'll, the I'll... whole time, <laughs> You jerk, dude. Yeah, I mean, he the nailed thing it. Is, he really Ray stuff is impossible to find now, and Ray stuff was everywhere before. Yeah, I pretty much and, have everything, and Ray, you can't find anything Ray now because yeah. you nailed it. Like you just freaking nailed it. And I don't I mean, know what
0: it was. I don't know how that happened. I, well, I, I kind of, sort of do. Like I said, I, it was after. Uh, they had the... What did they call it? Was it the... uh, Where Target was you know selling all their stuff. What Uh was the title of what they called it? Force Friday? Force Friday? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, When I went a couple days later just to kind of see what's been picked through, the first thing I saw was uh, Ray on the speeder bike, the the larger scale one. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to start going with that because that's the first character I saw. I'm going to stick to one person, and this is who it is. And I figured... Actually, that would be the safe collection, because generally and unfortunately, but that is changing these days, is a lot of the female characters don't sell as well, or they don't um, supply as many like well they don't uh, supply def- as many right
1: that's the thing I think they sell just fine but I mean I'm sure you heard about this whole thing that came out with the four pack mm-hmm. um, or it's like got this big old pack and they've got they don't have a ray in there and well they
0: did the same thing with Guardians of Galaxy yeah they exactly the same with same no Gamora, with Gamora
1: and this like we actually have the same Guardians of the Galaxy blanket mm-hmm. it's got every character but Gamora on right. there and they did the same thing with Avengers with Scarlet um uh, Johansson. uh Scarlett Johansson's Jonathan. character yeah. Black Widow and so um it's this common thing. That they're doing, like that, that, like Disney specifically is doing, um, that is really kind of disturbing to me, you know, as somebody that is a self identified feminist. And, and I, I think it's a problem, you know, because the, because the way that they, um, it girls princesses disney princesses is for the girls you know that's Mm -hmm. what no 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 the boys want to play with boy toys and it's a very kind of backwards thinking thing and to me it's just in their faces that ray stuff is sold out everywhere now it's like you guys need to get with the program because guess what little boys also want to play with ray and guess what little girls also want to play with oh yeah in the movie
2: i mean she did a wonderful
1: job i mean yeah I mean the thing is is that as soon as I mean we just have to talk about Ray Oh a yeah bit no now. yeah we're, no we're going I mean the, the, now, the yeah. thing is is that as soon as she said the line I can run perfectly fine without you holding my hand, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, as soon as, I mean, really it kind of, as soon as she, you know, kicked ass on her own with the, b- the staff mm-hmm. and Finn, who's going to run to a rescue just kind of stops and <laughs> like, Oh, it looks like she's okay on her own. Yeah. At first I was like, Oh, is this going to be a Furioso moment? You know, mm-hmm. like, are we going to have like this, you know, not just a strong female character, but like a definitively kind of feminist friendly female character. Right. Um, and uh but then when she says the lines of you know i can run without you holding my hand i was like that is just such a great line it's so good and then and you know and then it was like one after another it's like Mm -hmm. she's able to fly the ship and she's a badass and she's you know but what i love about her um as far as like there's this thing with the quote-unquote strong female character that you can have these kind of strong female characters but only if they're kicking ass you know and that's the way that we know to have strong female characters right is women that can take care of themselves well what i liked
2: about ray is not just that that Mm -hmm. she can kick ass but they also portrayed her as a strong-minded right a very well uh smart
3: and compassionate. Either. Yeah. You know, with the way she that compassion. she helps
1: bb eight. You know, she's compassionate, she, she's wise, she's good at heart, you know, like and she's not starting off whiny like like Luke started. But off. what I liked yeah.
2: is Yeah, okay, we have Princess Leia in the movie. Right. Um we'll get into that and Ray in a little bit, because I do have something behind that that but when Ray figured out that She saw that lightsaber, she picked it up, she had the visions and whatnot, and then she's backing off saying, Whoa, you know, I don't want to touch it, I don't want anything to do with it. Right. And later on, she's then embracing basically the force. Yeah, totally. And she basically figured it out on her own. I mean, no Yoda help or, you know. Yeah, she wasn't. uh, And
0: that was, that was, that's one of the things that. Some people have complained about that, and it's even a line in the movie. That's not how the Force works. People think you have to be mm-hmm. trained to learn the Force, which I don't... I think she I don't, was I don't,
1: trained. I don't believe... I think she was trained. Like, like I, how so? Because because when she was young, I think that she was one of Luke Skywalker's apprentices. And what happened is that when Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren okay, rebelled... Okay, now, now
2: you're taking it into a thing that I actually think... Just kind of go with me on this mm-hmm. one. Uh-huh. I know that we don't really care about episode 1, 2, and 3, but like in episode 3... Are you going to start know.
0: talking about midi-chlorians? Because then I'm just going to stop. <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. I'm uh, kidding. I'm kidding. You, know, I'm kidding. you go, get go, Luke go.
2: and Leia who are twins, but right. were separated at birth. Yeah. Uh-huh. Who's to say that Ray? That's true. You know... Is not Ben's. And Ray and Ben are twins, and they were separated because... Correct. Here's where I'm going with this. When... Towards the end of the movie, when mm-hmm. Ray goes to give General, you know, Leia Organa a hug. Right. Mm-hmm. If you really looked she into that, that was like a mother's is. hug. Yeah. That wasn't a friend Leia, hug. That wasn't a... Leia that absolutely knows seemed, who Ray is. Yeah. Absolutely. That yeah, whether seemed it's like her a mother's...
1: Or Luke's daughter. Right. Or, it was, or somebody else. It was a mother's
2: right. yeah. nurturing hug. It was... It, that's the way I took okay. it. That's the way I saw it. And yeah, like you said, Hansel and Princess Leia. I mean, we don't really know the whole thing behind that. But yeah, who's to say that? Well, Ben and Ray are not well, twins. Well, they're, they're separated because they
0: are definitely related. And because in the movie,
2: Ray was taken away. I mean, she saw yes, but we don't know really who the parents were. We didn't well, of course, see any so not. faces right. And that's why I said towards the end when she approaches Luke with that lightsaber and he didn't say a word. I'm just wondering that maybe yeah no
0: there's there's more going on
2: if that Ray and Ben are actually not Luke Skywalker's kids.
0: Right. So here's here's another thing I'm going to throw in where other people know who other people are, and this might even go back to what you're saying, Joshua. Mm -hmm. Whereas she might have been a Padawan. Yeah. But who she's related to, we don't know. Kylo Ren every time they said you know this droid is with some girl and he's like what right. what girl girl right he got so pissed yeah like oh shit something's i know who this person is yeah kylo well, knows who it is leia knows who it is
1: right and and i mean there's the whole flashback scene which is i think the scene that and this is something i've heard come up with a lot of fans is that like this is the scene i just want to watch over and over again oh yeah you and know dissect. um Because there are very clearly, like, I mean, but the very last words that are said in that thing are, it's Ewan McGregor, and he's acknowledged that he did this. Right. It's Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi Mm -hmm. saying, Ray, these are your first steps. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... It's just like I that, to me that's what makes sense is that she trained. She somehow had her, her mind erased or she something happened there, but that she was dropped off on Jack who probably after the Knights of Wren rebelled. Um and, you know, he tried to kill everybody. They got her away because she was the most powerful, you know, young apprentice. She had the most raw talent. Maybe because she's related to somebody, but I almost think it'd be more interesting if she wasn't. You sure. know? Like and she it, was just a really great apprentice. And it's
0: really what we said on the last podcast and some of the stuff that just seemed really ridiculous online saying, mm-hmm. well, Finn has to be Lando Calrissian's kid. Right. It's like, no, you don't yeah. have to connect the dots with yeah. everybody. Correct. In the universe. They can actually have their own. Right. Or when
2: people saying that when he wielded the lightsaber, People were saying, "Oh no, only Jedi's can wield the lightsaber." Yeah, no, uh, of course not. No. no,
1: you can anybody can pick up a sword, you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. He wouldn't be able
0: to build right. one because you have to use the force in order to right. to use right. the
1: crystals. But so, as much as I think memory loss is a cliche, um, and I hope that in a way it's not just memory loss. Sure. Um, but at the same time, and this is what I almost think is more interesting, is that. Um, she well no because she does say you know like things like so the jedi are real you know, Mm -hmm. like, so she definitely doesn't remember, Right. you know, like, whatever's going on, but to me, she has to have some training, like, because things like knowing how to do the Jedi mind trick, just, I can understand having natural affinity to the Force, but little things like just knowing that you can control somebody's brain, like, to me, it means she has to have had some training, and she's forgotten the training, you know, it was, to me, that that just the only thing that really makes sense, because I can understand being, like, somebody like a fish to water with a Force, Mm -hmm. but, like, to know that you'd be able to utilize that in order to plant a thought in somebody's head.
3: Well yeah. Just
1: naturally. Well
0: and well it, maybe it's yeah, maybe it's not natural, but the thing was when she was on Jakku, she was she was a, a, a knowledge junkie. Right, she seemed to know a lot about different things or heard a lot of stories. I mean, when you're just scavenging and sitting around with a lot of That's different people coming in and out, she'll she'll hear like, oh, Jedi's can control minds or by the influence of right. you know the Force they can do this and
1: that. And, it, and she seemed true. fascinated by that. It almost like his kind of mythology to her. No, I, I yeah. can buy that. And it wasn't yeah. until
0: uh, she was in in the basement after the the visions and um, uh, Maz Kanata came over and told her. To find the Force, close right. your eyes and feel it. Yeah, and you saw her doing that when she was in the in the mind control chair, yeah. um, and then the different times that she was out in the woods. Yeah. Um, battling with the swords, with Kylo Ren.
1: Well, and it could have even been, and this is an interesting thing, is that when Kylo Ren's trying to get into her head, she obviously gets into his head. Right. What if she's such a talented Jedi mm-hmm. that she got into his head and kind of absorbed some of his knowledge just through osmosis, oh, sure. right. just through being in his head for a little bit right. and realizing, oh, okay, wait a minute, so these are the things that I can do with the Force. Yeah. So yeah. rich.
0: so my, And I, we even said it on the last podcast is, we're not going to get all the answers.
2: Yeah, in this yeah. one. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. You know, does it feel like you know? Look at Empire Strikes Back. The biggest thing that ever happened in that movie is Darth Vader saying, "Luke, I am your father." Mm-hmm. Well, who's to say that? Okay, the same thing is going to happen come the next movie. Yeah, we because, may actually know who, and
0: that's that is a good lead-in because. There's where people are saying, well, this is just a carbon copy lazy writing of 4, 5, and 6, or, or the first two at least, mm-hmm. yeah. kind of bringing in the best elements of New Hope and Empire Strikes Back and throwing it into The Force Awakens right. as fan service. You have, and I have to ask, what did you think about the Starkiller base? Because I know that was another thing that we talked about last time where we're saying, well, we hope it doesn't turn into just another Death Star that gets destroyed yeah. at the end of the My movie. My least
1: favorite part of the movie. The Starkiller base, that whole part of it. Mm-hmm. I can take all of the other the similarities to A New Hope. Like, fine. I get it. Yep. I understand what's going on. Like, right. I understand that this was a calculated move that J.J. J. Abrams did because it was a, ba- a matter of, you know, his mandate was do no harm that's what his mandate was you know he had to this is franchise maintenance at Mm -hmm. this point this was making sure to not anger all of the longtime fans um it was a way to get new people interested in star wars it was in many ways a cleaning of the slate i get it i know what he did it was a very calculated move and i think in many ways it was brilliant Mm -hmm. um because it's in a way it's kind of similar to what he did with star trek where it's like um all these characters are the same but nothing's the same you know because it's like it's familiar right you know and and this is what you know what i what i talk to people when they say oh well this is just the same as as new hope and i say yeah okay i i, I got i got you there so so who's ray ray's ray's luke skywalker right okay okay you got that you know so uh, you know obviously bb-8 is r2d2 okay mm-hmm. so we, we, you know, we you know kylo ren is darth vader um you know I mean, poe dameron's probably you know han solo okay so mm-hmm. we have all those but who's finn you know who's finn what is he from the previous? Oh, well, nobody can nail it down. Nobody like, can Han say because, because, well, no, because Poe Dameron is kind of the Han Solo character. Yeah. I mean, Han Solo is yeah. really the Han Solo character in this movie, right? But, but later on, you can kind of see. But Finn, Finn is not Han Solo. He's not, he's not confident and rakish. Like, he's right. nothing like Han Solo. I was yeah.
2: actually almost kind of disappointed with the Starkiller base.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely did, was disappointed, but the point with it is that like so you have you have all these familiar elements, but then it's like, well yeah, but now the Darth Vader he's actually kind of just like ineffectual in many ways and he's conflicted and he's kind of weak um and and this finn character is completely new and interesting and ray is not a whiny farm boy she's actually confident from beginning and so it's really cool because you have these familiar elements but you have them acting in a new way and that's why i think that episode eight is going to be nothing like empire strikes back oh sure i think it's going to be a completely different film um but it's like to do this you had to kind of you had to wipe the slate clean so the point is is that i'm I'm happy with it i get it i just think that the star killer base was a step too far you know yeah because it's basically the third death star you yeah. know that's yeah. the thing it's not the second death star it's the third death star and at this point it's like i could have taken everything else but make it something else don't make it a planet make it some giant space station that's not shaped in a sphere you know just do something different and for i thought us.
2: with the star killer base it was just way overboard i mean the size of it
1: yeah yeah it was
2: just way overboard i mean basically it had to absorb an entire sun yeah
1: yeah mm-hmm. i thought it was kind of silly
2: power and i'm like okay well if you do that you basically have no light you're not getting vitamin D. So, okay. <laughs> well, it yeah, moves. It's, it's like basically life is not going to exist on other planets. Yeah,
0: and... don't get all Bill Nye yeah. on us now. I, I know who was it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Lord oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. that NDT. to me was an extreme. Yeah. Just overboard. They didn't explain it well, but apparently the Star Killer base does move. So it's not like they just ate up the whole sun that sustains that planet. But then it raises all these questions as to, well, wait a minute, there's trees here. There's obviously an atmosphere because mm-hmm. they're running around without masks. Right. So if there's an atmosphere and there's gravity, well, how is this thing moving through space? Like, is it also rotating? Like, yeah, because it needs to be of... in an orbit and
0: exactly. whatever. But um, yeah. I I did... I. I guess I'm I'm a little bit in denial and I'm accepting the Star Killer base even though I thought it was a bit lazy. And why the I mean, it's mostly the motivation of uh the the first order to completely wipe out the republic. They just do it by standing back, you know, millions of light years away right. and just blasting their planets to oblivion. Yeah. Uh, that was their their whole motivation to build the Star Killer base was to destroy that um, that that system yeah. that had the
1: last of yep. the, of the New Republic on it. So I guess the way that that was um, is that I guess the way that they do the the uh, the republic does their kind of senate now uh-huh. is that they have like these senate senate conferences that convene in different areas and so that wasn't like Coruscant, it wasn't like the base right. of the senate right. but it was where all the senators were right. at the time. But yeah, it just it doesn't seem like a very smart move, you know, to destroy entire like planetary systems. You know, it's just like if you've gone down that road, like okay, you're basically committing genocide at that point. You're mm-hmm. basically just going full deep end at that point. Yeah, I just like to me, it did. It just seemed lazy. Like I can understand the idea of the Death Star of like we can destroy one planet and now we're going to get everybody else in line to do that. But it seems at the point where you just killed God knows how many people on how many different planets. Oh yeah, sure. Like no yeah. one's actually going to back you at that point ever. Yeah. You know. Um. And so yeah, it's, it's just again like my least favorite part of the movie, the Killer base. Yeah, because
2: when you know. it fired and it destroyed all the planets and all the moons... Mm-hmm. Right. You know, destroying all the planets and all the moons in one shot? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a very short movie. I mean, you're talking, what, five minutes? Right, right. <laughs> I mean, it...
1: And the yeah, fact that it's... it had a weak point again. I mean, come on. It's like I just refuse to believe that after what happened that they're going to allow themselves, you know, because they sat around a hologram for two seconds and said, well, wait a minute, it's got to have a weak point, you know? Like, sure. oh yeah, sure. It's right here. Blah, blah, blah. And like and,
2: Finn's really gonna know that being a garbage yeah, person. That's the thing. That's so, so, what really gets me is how <laughs> does he
1: technically yeah, know the weak point? Yeah. So you're gonna tell me like the best minds of the first order didn't think about this already? So didn't put maybe. it underground.
0: Well, okay. Maybe? Okay. Okay. Here's here's where you get in your parallels and maybe your coincidences. What if Finn was programmed as a tiny baby to be the linchpin for this entire thing, but he doesn't even know it? Right. What if what if he was embedded with the information like an R2 unit with how to destroy the Starkiller base? It's weak points. But right. he didn't know it, he just he in he just knew it without yeah. actually being told. Sure. Like he could, he could be the uh, the. Would he be the MacGuffin? Can you say that? Or,
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't think he would really be a MacGuffin in that case. But I think that if that happened, I mean, no,
0: I mean, in future films, right? There's something that's that he was programmed with that right. he he doesn't even know he's programmed with. Yeah. Maybe he was programmed to go against the first order mm-hmm. and leave and 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 do all these things that he's not confident with because it's not part of his nature. It's part of his programming. Right kind of thing right
1: yeah no i mean i i think that i hope that happens Mm -hmm. i'll say that you know because like if it it retroactively makes the star killer base less dumb you know like for future viewings i'm i would be very happy about that um you know because like i as much as i would love this movie to be perfect and i don't think it is you know i think it's it's incredibly satisfying you know it's wonderful it's a place i want to be and really more than anything and 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 this is what i think it matters the most is the reason that this film is as good as it is is um it's it's daisy ridley it's Mm -hmm. john boyega Mm -hmm. you know it's bb8 it's it's it's, and there's
2: no jar jar binks
1: yeah and, and, (laughs) and and it's and it's harrison ford being damn good you know right. like and that's another thing that we didn't talk about at all is that like i don't know about you guys but i expected harrison ford to be a cameo you know <laughs> like i did not expect han solo to be a main I, character well, in this seen
2: movie. the previews before that movie actually came out i kind of thought the same thing that harrison ford was just going to be a cameo right right and then when people said oh mark hamill's going to be in it okay yeah he just did a cameo but yeah. So that's
1: hopefully the thing. there'll be I more of. I,
0: I was in the opposite camp. I, yeah. I think I instinctively uh, convinced myself that if they did not have enough Han Solo in this movie, it would not work. Right. Well, in maybe order you're right. to in order to uh, you know initiate the new people and get them into the situations and
2: yeah, oh, I, I, I think you are correct. It, this, I don't think the movie would have worked as well as it did with. Just doing a cameo. Yeah. It, they, yeah, they really did have to bring in...
0: And when I realized that there was a lot of Han Solo in it, I was like, they're going to kill him.
1: Yeah, 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 for sure. You know, it's... it's, But it's those characters, they're the reason that I'm going to see this movie over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's because these are people I want to hang out with. And that is really what it comes down to. So I think it, that's uh, what made this movie
2: good, yeah. is that all the characters had their strengths, but they weren't, I would say, dumbed down yeah. like the old mm-hmm. movies. There was a little more into this, but mm-hmm. everybody was independent. Everybody was really working They together. They were acting. Yeah. yeah. They, they
0: knew what to do with yeah. the dialogue and... Yeah. I'm sure JJ Abrams knows knows how to talk to actors and get them to totally, yeah. emote.
1: <laughs> and it's really and it's really funny and these are just very charming characters that you oh, yeah. want to spend time with and that is more important than any star killer base. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more important than any of that stuff is that we have these characters that we really really like. But, you know, it's interesting that when I think back upon watching this movie over and over again, and, and the things that I'm really excited about, and it's funny because every time I start talking about Star Wars with friends, I just like, I really want to go see the movie again now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. that's the thing. It's I would like to go see it again Yeah, with I know, right? You know, it's like, because you just want to see it again. But the moments that I want to see, they are pretty much from when Finn rescues Poe Dameron um, all the way to when Han Solo appears that to me is the best part of the movie it's that whole escape from uh the ship with poe and finn mm-hmm. and the crash on the planet and 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 ray um you know with the whole you know the bb-8 thing and it's um and it's and it's really specifically that whole segment of of the meeting of finn and ray um and that whole escape and finding the millennium falcon and that se- sequence on the millennium falcon where they're they're escaping the tie fighters and then afterwards that scene between the three of them between finn and ray and bb8 yeah um like to me like that is the part that i love the most and it's the part that i'm most excited to watch every single time i watch that movie and that has nothing to do with han solo mm-hmm. um and it's all new characters all of it is 100 new characters and i think that because of that that's why they have such a success on their hands and that's why the future films are going to do so well right. too yeah, they really now what, do what so did you for? think
2: about the Little humor that they were throwing in there. Loved it. That was movie. perfect. I thought Loved it. Yeah. you didn't think they'd went overboard Not with it. Not a bit. Or... And I'm
1: very sensitive to that. Like, if there's, like, something I'm like, I just kind of wish they didn't throw that joke in there. You know, I'm very sensitive to jokes that I think are going to wear thin over time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any of those jokes did. Like, I still laugh every single time... Finn does the whole nodding. What What are you doing? What Why are you doing this? I'm trying to make a plan here. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I mean, it's just so funny. He is, and that's something I didn't expect because uh, in Attack the Block, which you know, anybody who knows me knows that Attack the Block is probably my favorite movie of the last five years. I yeah, adore so, uh, Attack the Block. John, yeah, so yeah, John Boyega is incredible right. in that, but he is stoic as hell. Yeah. He is not funny whatsoever no. in that movie. That movie is very funny, but none of the comedy comes from Moses, Right. you know, and so that's the thing. I did not expect John Boyega to be a funny as he is in oh, this sure, movie yeah, yeah. you know because he's just like i expected him to be the stoic you know kind of you know leading man i didn't expect him to be this kind of um you know just well-intentioned but bumbling you know just just like good-hearted hero character and he was just so great and that's what i loved about him is that he just seemed so new. Like, the character mm-hmm. that Finn is just seemed such a new character to me. Right. It's like he's somebody that will run headfirst into danger to try and help a woman that he doesn't know. Right. But he's not a good fighter. Right. You know? Like, he's just just so damn good-hearted that he yeah. wants to do the right thing no matter what. And I, and I,
0: I was concerned initially as well just from uh, seeing Boyega doing... Uh, either like Vine posts or these short little things. I mean, because mm-hmm. he does come off more like Attack the Block, the Moses character, right? Uh, where he, you don't really read him. He's magnetic. His face, yeah. everything. You know, he he shines on the screen, and no matter what he does. Right. But it was refreshing to see how lighthearted he was at times. Yeah. Uh, because if if they played it just in the wrong way, I it would have missed. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't. I've heard people say, "Oh, I was just waiting for you know Finn and Ray to kiss." When are they going to kiss already? You know, I want to see them together. I want to. I do want to see them together
1: as well, just because I think that that would be good for for cinema. Frankly, I think it'd be good for race relations. I mean, I think it'd be good for their characters. I think they those two characters have um, good chemistry. But I also like the fact that you know, not every male and female character have to necessarily have a romance. But they
0: they definitely have an appreciation for each other, and they've been. It's. They've been through this real traumatic experience together, and that, right. that usually brings people closer together, uh, whether it develops or not. I'm I'm fine if it doesn't. I'm fine yeah. if they do. Yeah, I'm I think whatever. they had good chemistry together. Right. Um. But I'm going to start wrapping up now, because yeah. uh, you already mentioned your favorite part. Yeah. Mark, what is your favorite part of the movie?
2: Oh, my favorite uh, part of the movie.
0: Wow. I know. <laughs> I was hoping you'd start like thinking about it as Joshua was
1: explaining <laughs> Just while you're thinking about that, I just really do quickly just want to just throw a a shout out to Adam Driver because we talked about everybody else, you know, but we didn't really talk about Adam Driver at all. And I just think that that he did an amazing job. Like he's been getting a lot of crap. There's the whole emo Kylo Ren Twitter that's out there and everything, and it's funny. I mean, you can I get it, you Mm -hmm. know, like you know you can kind of make fun of that, but I love the way that he played him. Like always, kind of broken. Like when he takes off his helmet for the first time, he's not imposing. He's got tears in his. Size, right, you know and that you can see the conflict that he has within him mm-hmm. and i just think that when he had his mask on like this voice just was so good oh, like yeah. i just his his you know by casting somebody who's a trained stage actor mm-hmm. to play somebody who's wearing a mask um you know and and as far as like my favorite segment in the movie that's it but probably my favorite moment in the film mm-hmm. other than the, the point where Rey gets the lightsaber you know because right. that's just like when it flies in her hand and it's like yeah, oh my great, god yeah. that's incredible mm-hmm. but it's this really small moment where Kylo Ren has his mask on and it's when he's talking to Darth Vader's helmet and there's this part where he like he's like got his head down and he lifts his head and he he puts it down he lifts it again mm-hmm. and it's just like the silent moment of acting beneath this helmet that i think is incredible and right. it's just in that little moment shows his conflict mm-hmm. you know so i just i again like i i know we're wrapping up i just wanted to throw in oh, a yeah, little I mean, love to adam driver because i think he did a great job all
0: right did that give you enough time mark to oh, uh... yeah,
2: well i kind of already knew <laughs> it but um i actually have a couple favorite parts and i have to yeah. I think it started when the Millennium Falcon was revealed. Oh, that was a great reveal! And that then, was so oh, yeah. yeah, when so they revealed perfect. it, it was—I mean, I was just excited. And I was then, literally
1: looking down and eating a nacho at the time. <laughs> like I was, and, you know, and I was like eating a nacho, and then I heard everybody applaud, and I was like, "Why is everybody applauding?" I look up, and it's Millennium Falcon. Yeah. That was the first time I watched it.
2: <laughs> how she's trying to fly it, and it keeps crashing right. and banging into things. But like you said, uh, from the time that the Millennium Falcon took off and they're flying, they're trying to get it, and then all the way up to Han Solo and Chewie walking on board, finally saying, Chewie, we're home. Right. I thought that was my favorite part. Now, as far as narrowing it down, I think from the time that Han Solo was talking to Kylo Ren or Ben, Mm -hmm. his son, and... Taking off the helmet to where Ray, like you said, you know she's trying to embrace the Force. She goes reaching for the lightsaber. The whole little forest mm-hmm. battle between Ray and Kylo Ren, I thought was my favorite part.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, and again, if that there is I, and I keep saying this, if those parts didn't work, the whole movie just would have collapsed. Yeah, yeah, and there's at at least half a dozen points in the film where I just got so choked up. I, I, there were times that I had to look away from the screen. But if any of those didn't uh, hit the mark, like I said, the movie would have collapsed.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And there was so much riding on the line. There are toys that are out there that they cut, you know, entire scenes from or characters from. But yet yeah. we have the toys. Yeah. Because the movie had to be tight. Yeah. And for me to pick out, you know, one thing or two things, I really loved BB-8 in this thing, too. I mean, oh, I yeah. loved Ray. I mean, every single part with Ray, I just absolutely adored and, and how they handled her. But, uh, and I knew BB-8 would be cute and be doing cutesy things. Uh, and I, I almost wish they had more of him, which right. I think yeah. to me is kind of a weird statement to say.
1: Surprised he didn't go with her in the Millennium Falcon. Well, that too. End. And
0: then it makes yeah. me wonder if they're going to continue on or what, what BB-8's yeah. role is going to be because um, I'm I'm really kind of questioning R2-D2's motive yeah. uh, and where he uh, uh, was uh, fully recharged again and when he showed up again to show the location of Luke. But I really think it was something that uh, Luke maybe reprogrammed R2-D2 in some way yeah, for this um, greater good, this purpose that... Everything's gonna you know come together like a puzzle. Uh, yeah, I loved all the stuff that was on Jakku. Yeah. I think that was always my my favorite part. And then the stuff at the end with the in the woods, um, going back to Adam Driver, the way that he carries himself throughout mm-hmm. the movie is very distinctive. Yeah, and especially at the end when he got. The laser blast in the in the side, oh, and, like and the whole time he's, he's just oh, pounding so good. it. And you can relate to that because I've been hurt before. I yeah. got a really bad Charlie horse or something like that, and all you can do is just beat the living crap it's out so of it. It's so funny. Like, just I to was keep moving, you know.
1: really talking about this, I think it was it's yesterday nice with touch. somebody, and and it was um it was a woman, and she was like, I don't understand why he was doing that, and it was like three guys in the room, like, oh yeah, no, we totally get that. Yeah. and and then she goes like, and I don't know what this is, it, but she goes, but that must be a guy thing like you know she's like what do, you, what, what do you do and you know it's like well because it's like you're hurting and so you make yourself feel the pain to like you know wake yourself yeah. up and to get your adrenaline right. yeah. and it's like all the guys there were like yeah no we totally knew what he was doing there and it was badass oh, yeah. Yeah. you know like yeah absolutely and that was just awesome we just kept doing it because dude took a bowcaster to the oh, yeah. gut like you know and that's another thing I think is interesting it's like people say oh well whatever he got beat by Ray and she was untrained but we, we, we have a point of showing to bowcaster make guys fly across the room and he took one to the gut so i mean before you you crap on him too much for not being that good i mean look at how hurt he was and he still ended up holding his own against oh yeah because
2: look at han solo he took chewie's bowcaster and he was like oh i love this thing you know and here he is shooting everybody and yeah they're flying you know 100
0: yards or more yeah i mean yeah and then uh i mean really what the last part of the goosebumps uh the The Luke thing didn't really affect me as much as I thought it was going to, but going back is when uh, Kylo is trying to retrieve the, um, the, the hilt in the in the snow, right, and you see it moving, oh, and then so it good. goes it goes right past his face and, and right. Other people Ray.
1: say that they kind of saw that coming. I did not. I didn't. It completely caught mm-hmm. me off guard. Like I thought that he was just kind of weak, and that's why it was not coming see, to him that's, originally. That's why I thought and he yeah. was weak and couldn't yeah. quite
2: do it. But yeah, when like, it just it was zipped right past him,
1: like I immediately started and, applauding, like because oh, I yeah. go, "This is amazing." This and is then is you the see best. his expression; it was like, "Oh yeah," totally.
2: You knew right there, Ray is just. 100% Pure, bad yeah, she really that, is. I mean, and she's, she's,
1: and she's going to become so much more badass, but in a much better way than Luke, in my opinion, because she's so good-hearted. You know, whereas Luke always is has had that conflict within himself. Yeah. And you, you know, even see it in Return of the Jedi, that you see he is kind of still going down a dark path. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I still, you know, she is just, I think she is just the pure good-hearted Jedi. She is the one. You know, I think that that's ultimately what it's going to kind of come down to. to the force. You know, is that, yeah, is that it was it wasn't Anakin and it wasn't Luke, but it is Rey. She is yeah. finally the one. And woman. like
2: you said, Adam, it's it came down to Luke and Rey when she presented him yeah. with the saber. I mm-hmm. mean, that part... Total goosebumps.
1: There's just so many good moments in the film. Small moments. There's the moment where they're on the, the Millennium Falcon, and she, you know, the, and I don't remember the name of the planet where um, where, uh, where where Maz Kanata is, um, but you know, when she says, "I never knew there was this much green in the entire galaxy," yeah. and and Han just gives her this look mm-hmm. of, that's kind of so sad. You know, it's this look of wow, you know, this. I feel so bad for this girl right now because right. she's never even seen green before. Um, and then the moment where it's just got uh, a Chewy just mourning for Han. And it's mm-hmm. just such a quick moment. But after he's dead and it's got Chewy and he's just sitting there, like visibly, physically hurting from his heartbreak. And he mm-hmm. just lets out this little growl, you know, and it's like those little moments that or I think. when that... Finn
2: activates that chessboard on the Millennium Falcon is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the same characters that we saw right, right. in the Star Wars. Yeah, part.
1: totally. Yeah. You know, there's just a lot of really fantastic little moments, and those are the, I think the reason that the film succeeds. And I think it's the reason that I'm willing to ignore a lot of the big brush strokes oh, yeah. that yeah. fail, because mm-hmm. there's so many little fine brushstrokes that are just they just stick it.
0: Right. Uh, on that we're gonna start wrapping up. My final thought is I when I first saw it, it was such an emotional ride that I knew I had to see it again. When I went to go see it again I was hoping to like you said, poke some holes into the plot, uh, I liked it the second time even better. I am looking yeah. forward to them. They what they start they start shooting for eight, uh, I think in January. Yeah, already. Um, but I yeah I'm obviously we're we're all on board. No doubt. It's an awesome awesome movie. I have to thank to my left
1: Joshua T. Ruth. Yes, sir. Yay. Once again for coming in taking Let's the say, time uh, to come in. The force is my ally. It is. Yeah. As in all of us, and a powerful ally it is. Yes, it is. Uh, and Mar- Mark Dublin <laughs> to
0: my right. Thank you for having me. Thanks for taking the time to come out, boys. I'm Adam Rutkowski, and uh, that is how the Force works. So thanks, <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. Um, let us know what you think. Always, you know, stop by and say hi at Cult Classics. Next one, we are having a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle pizza party. Go ninja, the, go uh, ninja, go. At the Pollock, <laughs> Pollock Tempe uh, Cinema in Aramazona. Uh You can find information at cultclassicsaz.com As for our other podcast, Cult Following, you can go to cultfollowing.co Find us on iTunes, find us on SoundCloud. Find us. Alright, take care everybody. Bunga, dudes. Droids,
1: please.